You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This weekend, we send a pair of teams to the Super Bowl. It's the Locked On NFL podcast with your boy Q, Bo Brock. Thank you for joining us on this Friday edition of the pod. We've got a ton to get into. We're going to preview these two matchups between the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, and then Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in the battle for the NFC. Q, not only that, we have another coach hired. Uh, part of the NFL coaching carousel. I think it uh, it's about time, even though one vacancy remains, that we start to rank the head coaching hires of this young NFL offseason. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a really good idea. And like you mentioned, there's one team still to uh, wait to, to name their head coach. And I don't know what direction it's going to go. Of course, we're talking about the Houston Texans, but all eyes are on the Texans to see exactly who they hire. I think it's going to be the most interesting hire probably out of all of them, and it hasn't even been made yet. It's it's a pressure-packed decision. It's like trying yep. – if, if your marriage is on the rocks, you have to nail that anniversary gift yep. to, in order to make your spouse happy, and that's exactly what the Texans need to do. They need to ace this test re to rekindle things with Deshaun Watson. Otherwise, he's going to be forcing his way a la James Harden out of Houston, and it's uh, way too many stars that are exiting Houston and not entering Houston or sticking around. Uh, but uh, we are excited to start to break down these games, Q, before we get into the uh, the coaching uh, conversation. And as well, I, there is a, a former first-round draft pick quarterback who found a new home on Thursday. We'll talk about Dwayne Haskins and his new team. Uh, is, is he somebody that could be kind of a low-risk, high-reward um, player after he kind of was a failure in Washington. We'll get into that discussion all on this Locked On NFL podcast. Um, but the, let's get into the games and let's look at some of the, the best bets as well as we look at the betonline.ag spreads. Tampa Bay, they are a three-point dog on the road at historic Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. And the Bills, three-point dogs on the road at Arrowhead. A couple high totals in these games 51 for the NFC game and 54 for the AFC game, respectively. What stands out to you first and foremost in these two matchups, Q? Well, you know, first and foremost, I got to look at Tampa Bay and Green Bay and playing in historic Lambeau Field. You know, Aaron Rodgers, who would have thought that at the end of his career he'd have one Super Bowl title, maybe playing for a second one. You know, I mean, when he got his first Super Bowl title many years ago, I thought, man, this dude's about to go on a run just because he's so stinking good. Then who would have thought after the team goes out and gets him no help during the draft and instead drafts his replacement that he'd go and have an MVP type season, right? I mean, just so many things are playing against this dude. Dude. And well, he just comes out on top and he comes out shining in Green Bay. They, they're, they're cooking with grease is what I like to say. Uh, they look really, really good. And of course, Tampa Bay, that's a team that anyone who's been listening to this show for a while knows I've, I haven't been high on all season long. I kind of think it's a mirage and keep selling. Oh, man, they're just trying to pump up Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and trying to get someone to play in the Super Bowl and host their own Super Bowl and all this good stuff, you know, all these different storylines. And then here we are. <laughs> here we are. You know, we go into championship season. Green Bay is where they're at. They're hosting this championship game and Tampa Bay is there. They're looking really good as well. Two great quarterbacks that are both being Canton one day. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, man, Green Bay is is I know they're a three point favorite, according to betonline.ag. 
and and that makes sense to me. But I just feel like the way that they play, especially the way that they kind of took care of business against the Rams, who had the number one defense in the league, I feel like that it could really end up getting not out of control. I'm not going to say that and disrespect Todd Bowles' defense like that. But I could see them easily winning this game by seven, even ten points. I just think that Green Bay is playing too good. Aaron Rodgers, MVP, Aaron Jones, great job from, from the running back position, and, and, and Devontae Adams, of course. And that's not all. You know, I mean, they have just enough defense as well to get it done. So I think Green Bay is, is going to be playing in Tampa Bay uh, for the Super Bowl. And uh, who knows who they'll be playing up against. But I just think Aaron Rodgers and company is just playing too well. Ted Thompson, he just passed away Wednesday night, longtime GM of the uh, Green Bay Packers. So it's a little bit more, not nostalgia, but it's kind of like, hey, do it for Ted and all that. You know, I just, I feel like they got too many elements in their pocket and Green Bay is going to get this game. Yeah, they'll be playing with heavy hearts for sure. And, yeah. you know, you mentioned Todd Bowles, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. It's actually the, the, the unit that I think can make the biggest difference and is going to be instrumental in keeping this a close close contest for the Bucks more so than even Tom Brady. I mean, we were yeah. watching the matchup between the Saints and the Bucks last weekend, and Tom Brady, you know, midway through the third quarter, barely had 100 yards passing. I mean, he was he was struggling to get things going, uh, and then he started to kind of figure it out. He had a dime to Scotty Miller, and uh, then we saw kind of uh, Bruce Arians do something that he's not known to do, and, and really force the issue with the run game. Uh, that defense came up with the two big plays to put that game away in two back-breaking picks from Drew Brees. And I just think that Devin White, Todd Bowles, this defense is capable of keeping this Bucks team in this in this game. But you're right, everything seems to be coming up Green Bay. They were so impressive after getting the lone bye week in the NFC and just came out and, and put hung one on, as you mentioned, the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, I, I like Green Bay in this game, but hopefully that Tampa Bay Buccaneers keeps – our interest throughout the contest, but also you can't, you can't count out the goat Tom Brady, but uh, I, I just think that it's, it's going to be, they're too well-oiled. I, the, yeah. the green Bay Packers offense is just rolling and you get Aaron Rodgers playing at this MVP level. And you mix that with the guy like Aaron Jones, the uh, free agent to be, who's just been, you know, a, a big, uh, big reason why green Bay has been able to kind of uh, have this resurgence under Matt LaFleur, you know, Aaron Jones has been huge 99 yards last week. I, I expect a heavy dose of Aaron Jones as well. Uh, yeah. I'm with you on the Packers, but, but hopefully, you know, when you look at that three point spread, the, the bucks can keep it close. I, I, I would take the Packers at home though, at, at minus three for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And I will say, if Tampa Bay is going to have any kind of a, a chance in this game, I think you mentioned it, Devin White and that defense, they, those guys have got to step up and play a major role, and that's what they do. They did it last week, and if they're going to be close and keep this game close, it's going to be because those guys step up in a major way. But here's the thing. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball downfield. Drew Brees, he couldn't. They, I mean, sure. they had to pull him out of the game and find a trick play from the previous week that their opponent used in the Bears and put Jameis Winston in the, <laughs> in the game for a 50-yard uh, touchdown strike in that contest. So uh, they, they're not going to be facing, you know, Drew Brees, who seemed to finally lose his battle to father time in the uh, divisional round. Now let's look at this second game of the weekend. It's the Buffalo Bills on the road, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we're going to talk to our guy Chad Millman later in the episode about the betting, where he thinks the smart money is. And I think he's going to surprise you with where which team he's on. But uh, Patrick Mahomes looks like all 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 uh, systems are go for him to return from the concussion that knocked him out last week. 
Yeah, he does. And I don't think that it was ever a big surprise. I don't think when he even left that game on Sunday, anyone thought like, oh, he's not going to play next week. You know, and, and really, I think that they probably blow out Cleveland if he plays the rest of the, the way. But we'll never know because he did leave the game and Cleveland made it really, really close. I just kind of feel like, man, Kansas City has everything on their, you know, in their direction, in their favor. They're playing at home. They got Andy Reid, you know, Eric Bieniemy, and there's so many things to like. I just think that this is a really good team, and uh, I know that they didn't play that great down the stretch of the regular season and struggled, obviously, a little bit against Cleveland, but uh, I just, it's hard for me to go against the Super Bowl champs. So I, I just kind of look at those elements and say Patrick Mahomes is too stinking good. Buffalo is on the rise. I like what they have. I like what Josh Allen's doing. I love what Stephon Diggs is doing. Uh, I think it's awesome. You know, I, it's great to see Buffalo back in the playoffs and playing well. I just think that the Chiefs may be too much. So uh, my, 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 my brain tells me Kansas City, but there's a reason why you play the games. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this really, I've kind of not doubted Buffalo throughout the, the way. I just kind of saying, like, okay, when's this fairy tale? ride going to end and hell it might not end until Super Bowl Sunday so we'll see I think Kansas City gets this one but uh, what are your thoughts on it I just think Kansas City especially through at the end of the regular season was bored you know they won the championship last year they're the reigning Super Bowl champs you know they they hoisted the Lombardi trophy you've got Patrick Mahomes he's already pretty much done it all at his young age in the NFL you know he's the you're the he's the MVP he put up just you know just eye-popping numbers He's the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, you got the huge contract. What was it, five hundred million in the offseason? <laughs> and it's just what what's going to motivate a team like that when they know they can kind of just turn it on? They've got got those array of weapons where it's Mahomes making it. He can make any throw. They've got Hilaire. In the back, they had Hilaire in the backfield. Now it's like Le'Veon Bell, and and they've got uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You know, best tight end on the planet right now. It's just you know. They, they need to be motivated. And I think that if they're going to get up for any game, you know, and, and make sure that they're dialed in, it's going to be this one. And in, in the next one would be the Super Bowl. But I, I like the Chiefs in this one. But if there's any team that's shown all season long, it's the Buffalo Bills that if they get an opportunity to maybe, you know, it's the Mike Tyson, uh, you know, uh, what <laughs> he said. Douglas. Everybody has a plan till they punch him in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bills have the ability to do that. That offense is just as is nearly as high powered. Um, and I was curious how these two teams matched up earlier this season and how the Chiefs had they emphasized the run so much. I was kind of curious in that game planning, and it'll be interesting to see what Andy Reid does uh, and Eric Bieniemy do come Sunday. Yeah, it will. And I don't think that the run is what they're going to emphasize. I really don't. You yeah. know, uh, again, you mentioned Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being banged up. Le'Veon Bell, I know he's a little bit banged up, and he's not the Le'Veon Bell that he was. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to be pass-heavy. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to go in there and do his best Superman impersonation and kind of do what he did uh, in Miami a year ago uh, at the Super Bowl where he kind of put it on his shoulders and his legs to go ahead and get it done. He's a hell of a competitor, and I think he's going to be out there competing in a major way to get this dub on, on Sunday. But, again, like you said, if there's a team that's somewhat built to beat Kansas City it could be Buffalo even though they just don't run the ball I mean that's the one thing they don't run the ball enough for me you know what I mean it just I feel like they'll 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 allow the Chiefs offense to be on the field maybe a little bit more than they need to yeah and, and with a really good a Josh Allen is a Patrick Mahomes light or he's like a Patrick Mahomes that you're coloring outside the lines with like he's just he's not as polished as Mahomes but he's certainly he's he's so close to being able to do all the things that make Patrick Mahomes great, make all the throws, you know, the arm strength is all there. Uh, he, he's close. He's just not there yet. 
And if, if you're going to put this game on paper, I'm taking the Chiefs nine times out of ten. But, you know, a, as you mentioned, you know, that's why they play the game. Right. And the Bills have enough players to get this thing done as far as the three points. Um, yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Bills uh, at plus three, but not confidently. I, I know that the Chiefs, even when they're sitting on a lead late in the game, have the ability to just score from anywhere. And uh, next thing you know, you're ripping up your betting slip. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I still think that the Chiefs are going to roll with it, uh, find a way to get it done, and find a way to get it done pretty convincingly, especially down the stretch. I think they know there's too much on the line. They, they've been there, done that. And the Bills, well, they're, they're all new booties at this. You know, they haven't been there. So uh, I'm going to roll with, with the Chiefs in this one. You're rolling with the Bills and the points. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, you know, what we do know has shaken out is a lot of the coaching hires have been made. Matter of fact, there were seven when this whole offseason started. There is down to one, only the Houston Texans. Texans still remain as the only team to have not named the head coach. So uh, Bo and myself coming up in segment number two will actually rank one through six. And obviously the Texans are still going to be to be determined who their coach is going to be. But we'll rank the coaching hires and we'll do that in segment number two. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about and we want to tell you about a couple of the sponsors here on the Locked On NFL podcast. And the first one is 1010. This episode is brought to you by 1010. And 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 designer masters, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, and it launched exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com, so it is available right now. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings, again, launched on January 18th. You can preview it right now exclusively at BlueNile.com. Do you hear that? Do you know what that is? Uh, Hugh, you have to know what that is. Cash money? It's close to it. Uh, If one day it becomes currency, I'll be all right with these mixed (laughs) boxes that Built Bar is sending me. But that is a Built Bar wrapper because I just just ate one. This was the uh, chocolate coconut flavor. Delicious. And I'm I'm not – this is all legitimate. This is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's not even close. And it's even more deliciouser than before. (laughs) How's that possible? You've got the 18 amazing flavors because that's six new flavors on top of the 12 OG flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. We're all added this season to go along with all your favorites like raspberry, German chocolate, orange, which is a shockingly delicious Built Bar flavor, coconut. The Built Bars are equally as healthy as they are delicious. Great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. The bar is low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. Right now, go to the website. You can save yourself some cash. Use the promo code locked on one word and you'll get 20% off the next order. That's using the promo code locked on one word for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On NFL Podcast, Friday's edition, Bo Brock and your boy Q. You can find Bo on Twitter, at Bo Brock, and uh, you can find your boy Q on Twitter, at your boy Q254. And Bo, it is that time to talk about the coaching hires, not the coaching searches, the coaching hires that have gone on in the NFL when the offseason began. Seven teams did not have head coaches. Now six of them do. One of them, only the Houston Texans remain without a head coach. So we're going to go through 
through the six that have been hired, and we're going to give our thoughts on them. And let's start with the one that's been hired the most recently, which is the Eagles. They went out and hired offensive coordinator from the Colts, Nick Sirianni. Um, he's a guy that I don't think was on your radar. I know he wasn't on my radar. He's only 39 years old. He actually was a guy who went to a D3 college. He went to Mount Union, uh, and then he, he actually started his coaching career there at Mount Union as defensive backs coach in 2004-2005. Uh, he's been around the block with the Chiefs, been around the block with the Chargers, spent the last few seasons with the Colts, uh, and the last season, like I said, as an offensive coordinator. So let's go ahead and start with you on this one. I mean, the Eagles were the first or the last team to actually fire their head coach, and, and well, they've now hired their new head coach in Nick Sirianni. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he's just an unknown. I, if I if I if I were to tell you a bunch of things about Nick Sirianni, it was things I just read off the internet that you were fully capable of reading about. It's his ties to Frank Wright reportedly are what got him this job. They loved what Reich was able to do during their Super Bowl run a couple seasons ago with Doug Peterson, of course, with Carson Wentz before the ACL injury. And look, I get that Sirianni would come in and this investment that you've made in Carson Wentz, you've got to fix that up, even though you saw some great great things from Jalen Hurts at the end of the year. Um, But I I just don't understand that there were a lot of guys on the the list of candidates that were tied to the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is who they came out with. I'm I'm still kind of scratching my head with it. I, I don't necessarily, I don't understand it. If we were to rank these guys as far as, uh, who I think were the better coaches, I would definitely rank Sirianni at the bottom of my list, if not the the worst guy. But maybe I'll I'll learn more about him. But it, it is key for him to figure out what to do with Carson Wentz, and if he can do that, you know the Colts were six and zero when Sirianni was able to kind of just rein in Philip Rivers he, when he threw under thirty passes or fewer in the game. The Colts were six and zero. When he threw for more than 30 passes, they were five and six. So if he can do the same thing, and, and I mentioned this earlier this season after a game that Carson Wentz played in against the Giants, that you know Peterson needed to figure out what to do with Wentz. Um, that maybe Sirianni, maybe he he has the solution, and it and he can use kind of the same thing he did with an aging quarterback with a guy that's kind of lost his way the last couple seasons. You know, that's funny. I, I like this hire, and, and this is why. One, because it's not a retread. I, I, I thoroughly d- despise retread head coaches that, you know, they just keep hot getting hired and getting hired because, you know, owners and, and teams are comfortable with these guys. I like the fact that, you know, the, the Eagles are kind of thinking outside the box, and clearly Frank Reich is what they wanted. And so this is like – uh, option B, you know what I mean? Like this is the next best thing as far as they're concerned is getting Nick Sirianni. And uh, he's done a good job as offensive coordinator of, of the Colts. Uh, obviously he's worked very closely with Frank Reich. And I just think that uh, one of the biggest questions, like you mentioned, is obviously how to fix Carson Wentz. But my other question is, Who's going to be there next year? Is Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts going to be there or just Carson Wentz or just Jalen Hurts? You know, I think that's one of the, the bigger questions. So uh, it, it's hard to rank this, uh, this hire because it's such an unknown. He's 39. He's never been a head coach before. But, I mean, others were unknown head coaches. You know, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, just to name a few. Those guys, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they weren't head coaches before until they were, and they've done some good things. So uh, I applaud the Eagles for thinking outside the box and not just going with somebody who, uh, has some kind of a big name. It's interesting to see how it's going to shake out. But, you know, for the, every reason that I mentioned, uh, because, uh, again, Frank Reich is the guy that they really, really wanted, and, and I feel like he's the next best thing. I'll probably give him and look at it if I'm trying to grade him. I'll probably give him a B, you know, a B. And then, obviously, you just got to see you got to see exactly what he's going to end up doing. But initially, it looks like about a B hire for me. There were a couple other hirings. I mean, last week we were talking about I thought the two top candidates – 
uh, on the coaching market, the free agent coaching market, in uh, Urban Meyer and uh, Robert Sala. Both of them, you know, signed their deals last Thursday. Uh, and then we've seen guys like Dan Campbell, who wasn't even a coordinator. He was more of a position coach. Uh, he was an interim coach for the the Miami Dolphins for a little bit for once for 12 games in a season. And then he's worked under Sean Payton the last couple seasons. Uh, we talk, we can talk as much. I mean, we could just sit here and replay his press conference and right. I think people would enjoy it, but is he going to be the right guy to really be that uh, the, 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 to change that entire narrative of this franchise that has struggled for the better part of a century in the in the Detroit Lions, I just I don't know. I mean, I, I I no matter who you put in that situation, you know, I would say that the the deck is stacked against them. Yeah, no, it is. And I just mentioned how much I I don't like retread hires, and so this would not be a retread hire. This is one that's outside the box as well. I just think this one's too far outside the box. You know, what I mean, like <laughs> yeah. I don't like this one at all. I don't like it. I I mean, his press conference was entertaining. If you liked um you know the tiger king you know what i mean like if you if you wanted to see a train wreck i feel like his press conference was a train wreck because he just was talking all that big tough cliche stuff we're gonna bite some uh um kneecaps off and we're gonna bite another kneecap off and it's like come on dog you're talking about grown-ass men here man this is not right. something that you say in college or you know what i mean like that's that's something that a it coach sounded like rex ryan yeah yeah exactly you see where it got rex ryan so he's on ESPN yeah. now. So exactly. yeah. <laughs> we're going to be a bully. Remember he said that? And people, yeah. You know, people in Buffalo love that. But when it came down to it, right. You know, that, that organization, it lacked structure and, and really there, it, there wasn't much beyond those, you know, the, the press clippings that, that were in the, in the quotes that were given from that head coach. And, you know, right now I, I, uh, I'm struggling to believe in Dan Campbell is, is entertaining as that press conference was. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I I don't. I I mean, look, hey, he can go in there and bring some toughness to the team. We'll see. But I heard Keyshawn Johnson mention a little bit earlier on Thursday that, hey, that kind of stuff, that kind of talk don't work in the NFL because these are grown men yep. that have car seats in the back of their car. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it does not work with uh with with grown men who know that this is a job and not them trying to keep their scholarship. You know what I mean? It's just it, it yeah. just it seems like he's over in over his head already. But again, we will see. Now let's uh quickly move on to the Chargers. How about they uh, hired this one? This head coach, Brandon Staley. He was the defensive coordinator of the Rams. I believe that this was one that was really kind of uh out of nowhere. A lot of people thought that uh Dayball was going to get the job uh from the from the uh the Buffalo Bills, the offensive coordinator there, and he doesn't. And I think even Dayball was was shocked that uh, he's going to stick with Josh Allen another year, which is a great thing for the Bills. But uh, Brandon Staley, he was the the guy who the architect behind the number one defense in the league with the Rams. He stays in town, but heads to the Chargers. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, he just walks across the hall at the uh, new stadium there, and, and yeah, I think a lot of people were disappointed that they weren't going to couple. Justin Herbert after his fantastic rookie season with kind of an offensive minded head coach, but you also kind of get it like Justin Herbert. And if you get the right play caller in there, they, they can kind of run that offense. And then you've got a guy, a defensive minded guy who had worked wonders for this Rams defense with their first overall, uh, as far as total defense, they were a team that was great against the pass. I think first against the pass and third against the run, uh, Brandon Staley just kind of transformed that Rams defense. Now it's easy when you've got a player like, uh, Aaron Donald up front and a guy like Jalen Ramsey on the back <laughs> right. end. But uh, those guys were in, in place last season as well. And I thought Brandon Staley did a, did a great job, enough to merit such a, a, a job that I thought was going to be one of the more highly coveted 
jobs available for head coaches. I was kind of I was kind of shocked by that, but I, and I, I can under, kind of understand it. I'm not a big huge fan of it, but I, but I get it. Uh, you know, they were trying to find the defensive counterpart to Sean McVay, who he coached along with uh, for one season. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good hire. I really do. Uh, you know, obviously, this is going to be one where it's going to depend on all the assistance that he brings to the table with him. But being the architect of that defense and knowing that the Chargers have been very good defensively and knowing that they do have some really good weapons, including Joey Bosa, Derwin James, if he's able to stay healthy. I mean, he's on the back end. I mean, they they have some nice pieces there uh, with the Chargers defensively. So he can kind of pick that up and just keep it rolling. He's just got to get some good offensive-minded people around him to get the me- most and maximize uh, Justin Herbert's abilities. And, and I think he'll be able to do that. I think the AFC West, obviously a, a, di- a division that I pay attention to a lot, I think it got a lot tougher with the hire of Brandon Staley. I think that was a good hire for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, Arthur Smith, he becomes the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, moving from Nashville, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. And it's a, just like I kind of mentioned with Staley, it's, it's a guy who really benefited from having some uh, premier players on the offensive side of the football and Derrick Henry, he rushes for over 2,000 yards this season after uh, going beast mode the season before. But also Arthur Smith, I think Ryan Tannehill will always put him on the Christmas card list for what he was able to do with him mm-hmm. and kind of uh, get his career back on the right path or just get his career on the right path after struggling in Miami for so long. Yeah, exactly. I think that uh, Matt Ryan's really going to benefit from this hire of Arthur Smith. Uh, We'll see how it all shakes out because, again, you had Derrick Henry, which was one of the best this past season. Uh, I mean, he's been the end-all, be-all, the workhorse for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill, like you said, has has had a comeback, a nice resurgence to his career. I think Arthur Smith's going to do some really good things for Matt Ryan, get the most out of him, and they do have some offensive weapons there. Uh, Now their biggest problem in Atlanta is going to be figuring out how to get that defense taken care of and how to get it squared squared away and uh, up to par but uh, I think it's a nice breath of fresh air in Atlanta with uh, with Arthur Smith as the hiring. So I think it's a good one. Uh, I'd probably give it like a B grade. I don't I don't think it's yeah. an A, but I think it, you know it, it's worthy of at least a B. They can figure that out though. I mean that's that's one of those uh, questions that we've seen ever since the Super Bowl collapse. If if somebody can kind of figure out how to tap back into that talent down there in Atlanta, that would be that would be huge because the contracts that they have are, are tough to to break away from. So if somebody could get Matt Ryan, Julio Jones back on the right track. It's going to be huge uh, for Arthur Smith and, and gang. Now moving on to the Jets, the J-E-T-S Jets. You know that they're kind of a mess. Their organization has been a mess from the top to the bottom. And now they bring in Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. You know, he's been a hot name for a couple years now. thought it kind of cooled off a little bit. And then all of a sudden he went and like interviewed for every job outside of Houston, <laughs> which sounds like something that I've repeated and rinsed a few times. Like, oh, everybody but Houston, everybody but Houston. But Robert Sala is the man now in, in, in New York with the Jets. Um, I love his energy. I, I love the guy he is. I did watch his press conference. I wasn't overwhelmed and thought that it was the greatest thing ever, but he doesn't have to win me. He doesn't have to win you. He has to win those guys in the locker room. He's got to win those guys in the organization. He's got to you know, be able to coach those guys up and get them from being you know, the, the dumpster fire that they are to, uh, you know, to, to being respectable again. And with his energy and his firepower and the way he gets you know, up, and it's not, 
it's not like Dan Campbell, like it's a bunch of catchy, cool phrases and, and, you know, destruction and I'm going to bite people's kneecaps off. It's more of just like, Hey, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be tough. We're going to be fast. We're going to be physical. We're going to be strong. We're going to have energy, you know, stuff like that. Like I, I can buy into that. You don't need to tell me about, you know, pu- putting your hand into my chest and ripping my heart out. Uh, you just have to, you know, go out there and, 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 and have that same energy that he always has provided on the sideline as the 49ers defensive coordinator. So I like Robert Sala. I think this is a really good hire. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be tough in New York, just, you know, dealing with the New York media and the expectations there in New York. And that's going to be tough on a first time head coach, but the guy and the coach he is, I think he'll be able to handle it. He's, he's going to, I think he's going to do a good job. I, that doesn't mean that the Jets are going to be a playoff team next year, but I think at least they'll start to be respectable. He's a leader of men. I mean, I mean I've go. seen it uh, covering the Cardinals uh, as, as closely as I do. And, and that's the daily podcast that I'm doing locked on Cardinals. And I saw in week 16, a San Francisco 49ers team with with CJ Beathard in there just ravaged by injuries on each side of, on both sides of the football and that was a group of of defensive players that were there to co- play for their coach for the second to last time because they knew Sala was out of there he was going to finally get his opportunity as a head coach and that in the last two seasons that defense bought into Robert Sala and what he was preaching to them and man did they see just uh, the dividends of that with a Super Bowl appearance uh, obviously, you need talent, and and they're, the the cupboard is pretty bare in New York. But as far as the guy that's going to actually motivate players, like you were saying, I think Salah's the guy. Hopefully, they just get him the right. Uh, they can build the right roster for Salah to succeed. Yeah, well, they got the number two overall pick. You know, they got they got multiple yeah. draft picks. They have salary cap space. So they should be able to do something. Uh, they, I guess the biggest question is, do they stick with Sam Darnold? Do they go in a different direction? Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. And then there's the Urban Meyer hire. He finally makes the jump. We talked <laughs> about it in depth last week. Yeah. Um. For for me, I mean, I I'm just intrigued for the most part with this. I, you know, I think he's been a we he's he's a winner. The guy has won. You know, with two contrasting styles. The Jacksonville Jaguars who lose all the time with Urban Meyer, who's won. He's won at every stage of his career. You know, what's what's going to prevail here? Is does does Urban Meyer have you know the endurance uh to to really take this team? and push him over the hump to, to kind of uh, shed the narrative as a losing franchise. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be the question. You know, I, I liked the, the hire a lot when we talked about it last week. Thought it was going to really work out. And I don't know if it's just time and, and the, the shine has worn off of it already, but I have so many questions still. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. so many questions I have. How long is he going to stick around? And I know that when we had Tony Wiggins host the Locked On Jags on, he said, hey, man, it makes them a legit team. It gives them credibility. That's all That's all well and, and true. But, man, I just, I just don't trust Urban Meyer as far as if things don't go well right away does he stick with it and try to to to, to build it up and and try to uh, overcome the issues or does he bail you know and and as of lately he's bailed and so I just I don't know man I'm not you know like I said I felt really good about the hire last week but I've started to kind of sour on it a little bit I'm not going to label it like a a, a failed one I'm not going to give it a d or an f or anything like that but I I would say that it's probably for me probably about a c plus I mean it's got the great glitzy name which all looks good and sounds good. But my grandmother used to tell me just because it looks good and sounds good and feels good don't mean it is good, you know? And, <laughs> you know, and that's just one of those things that I think you just got to stick by and I'm going to stick by. So I'm going to give that grade about a C plus. I think Urban Meyer has the ability to make it a really good uh, hire and really can do some good things in Jacksonville. The question is, will he stick to it? Will he be that guy to make it a really good hire? And Trent Balky, I mean, that, that's talk, talk about one of the things that kind of taken away the shine yeah. from his hire. 
uh, Trent Balky, who just absolutely just wore his welcome out in San Francisco. He's been he, he was promoted to their general manager, and then uh, looks like the Jags they they've hired Daryl Bevel, who is the interim coach for the Lions to end the season and was the OC there. He uh, he was the OC that was fired from the Seahawks a couple seasons ago. So some some very questionable hires along with Urban Meyer that, like you said, uh, making you kind of question the the guy who's a proven winner at the college level his entire career. There you have it. That's our uh, top six of the seven coaching candidates that have signed with the NFL teams that have vacancies. And Urban Meyer, uh, he was the first one to sign. And we have one more ran- remaining, the Houston Texans, as both Q and I had, had mentioned. That's going to be just paramount in making things right with their franchise quarterback and Deshaun Watson. Is it going to be a guy like Eric Bieniemy? Yes. Could a guy like a- <laughs> Yes. Just make it Bieniemy <laughs> and let it be over with. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would help uh, kind of usher in uh, maybe some, uh, some good feelings between um, – Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans franchise who are kind of a little bit estranged right now. We'll see how it goes. Let's get into the conference championship betting discussion. It's a Friday. That means our guy Chad Millman from the Action Network is going to join us, and he's going to give us the smart bets this weekend. It's coming up next. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Before we get into that, though, do want to tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag, you heard us quoting it a lot in segment number one when we were giving you the lines. Well, that's because they are the best place. They are your online sportsbook experts, and they've got you covered from everything. The playoff games, obviously, this weekend, college basketball, NBA basketball, UFC, all kinds of different sports. They have you covered. Uh, They have in-game betting. They have all kinds of stuff. If you want to actually be a part of the game, not just sit on the sidelines and watch, BetOnline.ag is where you need to go. and you can sign up today for a free account and use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's like playing with someone else's money, which is the way that I like to roll. But uh, check it out right now, man. BetOnline.ag. Get into the action. Again, they are your online sportsbook experts. And if you visit them on social media or want to visit them on social media, check them out at BetOnline underscore AG. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for that free account and use the promo code Locked On for your sign-up bonus. That's BetOnline.ag. Segment number three is on the way. It is a Friday on the eve of conference championship weekend. Yeah, the games are Sunday, but we're gearing you up for them right here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Your boy Q, Bo Brock. Give us a follow on Twitter at your boy Q254 and at Bob Brock. Easiest way to find me, Bo Brock. And uh, send us some tweets. What you think about the show? Let us know what you think about our hot takes that we've been delivering (laughs) all season long. Uh, We do bring on our usual Friday guest. He's more entertaining than a Dan Campbell introductory press conference. It's our guy, Chad Millman, from the Action Network, the podcast, the favorites with more insight on conference championships Sunday, all the weekend action. Chad, what's going on, man? Dude, that is a very high bar. Like Dan Campbell has already (laughs) turned into internet gold. I don't know if I can live up to, to, to that kind of scrutiny. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, when you talk, when you're quoting the Big Lebowski, when you're talking about taking out kneecaps, I mean, Dan Campbell is now the standard. You're talking about eating kneecaps. (laughs) Right. You're eating them. Yeah. What's the total next season for Detroit Lions uh, kneecaps consumed? Is it it half? (laughs) Well, clearly it's got to be over three because every time they get knocked down, they're going to stand up and they're going to eat a kneecap. And pretty soon there won't be anybody left. So... 
three is my guess because you got to think, all right, do kneecaps equal wins? Like, how are we defining this? Right. Just tough guys, just football guys. That's what it defines, and it just shows that the Detroit Lions, it's a new era there for sure. Uh, we'll have to wait to see what that uh, total looks like before next season, what the, the futures are on yeah. that. But uh, let's take a look at this weekend, Chad, because we've got two massive games on the slate. Let's start with the NFC. Well, I don't know. Actually, let me, let me I guess we'll do uh, dealer's choice when we look at the, which game intrigues you the most? The, the NFC matchup between the Bucks and the Packers or the Bills and the Chiefs? I would say the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, uh, only because... Well, I would say the Bills and the Chiefs. If you want to do the Bills and the Chiefs, I will I will wait to pontificate on the Bucks and the Packers, and we can focus on the Bills and the Chiefs. Yeah, let's do it. Let's I mean, do it. Patrick let's Mahomes do it. looks like all signs uh, point to him uh, being ready to go, and the Bills are three-point dogs on the road. Yeah, this has been a fascinating game because of Mahomes, mostly, but there's a lot of other data points that I think are worth considering when thinking about this game. And let's go back to Sunday. Let's go back to when Patrick Mahomes gets knocked out and it looks like he's concussed. Even Jim Nets on the air says, if that's not a concussion, I don't know what a concussion is. And to which Tony Romo sort of sheepishly, nervously laughed and tried to get him to not talk about concussions on an NFL broadcast. But then before the game was over, you had Patrick Mahomes running off the field uh, without any help or running off the, the sideline without any help. You had his fiance tweeting that he's fine and rooting for Chad Henney. You had Patrick Mahomes tweeting anything as possible. <laughs> and then you had Andy Reid after the game saying if there was no such thing as a concussion protocol, then Patrick Mahomes would have come back in the game. And so almost immediately by 10 o'clock, you know, the game opened Bills minus one um, when there was uncertainty. Almost immediately the game gets bet up to about two and a half by 10 o'clock on Sunday night. Chiefs minus two and a half. By 10.20, it was three and a half. So all the line movement had happened by 10.20 on Sunday night. Anybody who believed that they were getting value on the Chiefs, they bet it. Um, you know, if you want to take a favorite and you think it's going to be a close game, once you get to three, you sort of want to stop anyways because that's where, you know, there's no more value. So it stopped at three and a half. So now everyone in the world is just sort of waiting to find out what's going to go on with Patrick Mahomes. If once it's sort of officially announced that he's playing, I expect the game to go up to four or maybe even a little bit higher. And that's when you're going to have to take the Buffalo Bills because every single scenario here paints the Bills as the right side and possibly even the better team. And just look, since these two teams played, the Bills have won their games by an average of 14 points. The Chiefs have won by an average of seven points. Um, in every situational aspect, uh, third and short, fourth and short, uh, red zone, the Buffalo Bills are a better team. Um, and so obviously the, the Chiefs, given that they're Super Bowl champs, that they have Patrick Mahomes, that they're playing at home, they are the public favorite. There is no reason why people wouldn't want to bet on the Chiefs, but professionals will tell you that the Bills are the right side in this game. And one more thing to consider is that, you know, the 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 Chiefs this year, they've barely covered. And that's a trend that that's that started in in sort of 
big detail that ballooned in the latter half of the year and continued into the playoffs. And it's because of their defense. It's terrible. And, and like last year, Steve Spagnola was, was able to scheme his way out of a lot of problems, but this year the defense just isn't as good. And as great as it is to have Teron Matthew sort of as your backstop, it's not enough with all the other failings of this defense. So that's number one. Number two, uh, and I'll, I'll stop my rant in a second. Number two, <laughs> this team is, this team is, is really beat up. Like, and we saw this last week. Mitchell Schwartz, their best offensive lineman, is out. Uh, Clyde or has been banged up. We don't know if he's going to play this week. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire has not played. Patrick Mahomes, even before the injury, was hobbling around on one foot and was sort of throwing balls into the ground whenever he threw left and had to put, put weight on that foot. So there's legit concerns about their health, and they're playing a team that might be better than there. Chad Millman, the favorites is the podcast, the action network. Give him a follow on Twitter at Chad Millman. With, with that being said, four teams left in the race and you're looking at the odds as far as who's going to be holding the Lombardi trophy. Who do you like as far as maybe the best bet right now to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I think, um, I'm going to go with the bills Packers Super Bowl. Wow. And I probably go with, the bills mainly because i've got a decent sized bills future bet okay that i'll cash <laughs> if they win the super bowl smart that's smart that makes that makes a lot of sense i, I think if aaron Rodgers gets there it's got to be his for the taking but uh it's it's going to be interesting i'll tell you chad you may have swayed my thoughts on on i've been saying green bay and the chiefs in the super bowl you may have me a, a little bit more convinced though that it's green bay and buffalo well what do i know <laughs> well, you don't know nothing about them Raiders, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it finally comes out. <laughs> His name's Chad Millman, of course, the favorites, the podcast. Give him a follow on Twitter at Chad Millman. Chad, we will talk to you before Super Bowl Sunday, but in the meantime, let's make some money this weekend. Beautiful, boys. There he is, Chad Millman. He's been doing it all season long, just picking us winners, and I wouldn't expect anything less. It's really, as you as you mentioned, Q, a very interesting that he's, he's a, a big fan of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. But if you look at this, the bets, the Chiefs, I think I saw in their last nine games, have been unable to cover the spread. They're 0-8-1 against the spread. Yeah, you know, and I'm just looking at the game from an outright point of view, but, I mean, just mm -hmm. so many different things that he brought to the table and so many different things that he said really has me starting to believe that, you know what, why not Buffalo? You know, why not Buffalo just to win the thing outright? So, um, yeah, there's not too often that Chad sways me in one way or the other, but I, I think that I might be leaning now towards the Buffalo Bills as being the uh, representer for, uh, for in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a great weekend of games. Peter Bukowski is going to have a full recap come Monday morning. Plus, you got to check this out. Not only listen to Locked On NFL with Peter Bukowski to recap the conference championships, but also check out next week our brand new show on the network. It's a daily sports news program. It's called Locked On Today. It is also hosted by Peter Bukowski, and that will debut next week. In the meantime, you guys have a great weekend. Q. Let's have a good one. We'll talk to you guys next Friday. Absolutely. Enjoy some football. Let's do it.